Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. I um, was first introduced to Eric and Anne as a boy of 14, so that shows how old they are. And, uh, and um, so I, I was brought up in a house, in a home that valued success, marked success um, by the amount of money that you were able to earn. And I went to Rosemary Park Baptist Church, as it was, and I was converted at the age of 14. And some of the first missionaries that I ever met were Eric and Anne Moore. And Eric uh, had just completed his PhD. And uh, just tell us, Eric, what that PhD was in. Uh, nuclear physics. Nuclear <laughs> physics. Uh, had a promising career in front of him. But Eric and Anne went out to Ecuador to uh, build a hydroelectric power plant uh, for HCJB. And the impression that that made upon me as a young person was indescribable. Here were people who had potential to earn vast salaries, but they gave it all up to serve the Lord. Now, what I want to ask you, Eric, is why did you do that? Well, it goes back to 1965. I was sitting up in the balcony on the left-hand side here, and Dory Gunning, some of you may remember, uh, gave a challenge to young people about the work in, in uh, Brazil. And then Clarence Jones, who was the founder member of HCJB World Radio, uh, he gave a very strong challenge to young people uh, to serve the Lord. And I felt very challenged though sitting up there. So I thought, well, if I get out the door here and down the stairs and get out, this challenge will disappear and I'll be fine. There'll be no more problems. Well, folks, let me tell you, this is very practical. I was coming down the stairs from the balcony just at the back, and Clarence Jones was standing in the middle shaking hands at either side. And I watched and calculated, if I get out this door when he's at the other side, I'll be free and no problems. Well, just that, an old lady walked in front of me, and I almost knocked her down. So in the struggle to get her up, he turned around and he shook me by the hand. And this is as true as I'm standing here. He shook, I'd never met the man before, he doesn't know me. And he said, Eric, or sorry, he said, young man, God was speaking to you tonight. That's how God challenged me in 1965, demissions. And Eric, you had just finished your degree. You hadn't embarked on your PhD at no. that point. Um, and was that your definite call? Did you feel at that stage the mission field was for you? Uh, yes, I think it was very, very clear. Yeah. In what realm, where, I didn't know, but that was very clear. Very and were you going with Anne at the time? Uh, no, uh, we met over in Edinburgh when I was studying for nuclear physics at uh, Edinburgh University, and that's where we met in 1967 or something like that. All right. <laughs> wow. Dead right. I'm in trouble. <laughs> hand, hand the mic to Anne. Oh, oh dear. When was it you met? He's right. 1967, oh, that's good. He's absolutely right. Okay, and, and, and here were you... And you were studying nursing at the time? I'd finished, I just finished You'd my... you finished nursing. And you met this potential big earner who had a, yeah. was doing a PhD in nuclear physics, and he told you, presumably, that he wanted to go to the mission field. What was your reaction? I'm going too. 
<laughs> and, and, and was the Lord already yeah. doing something in your heart yeah. prior to that then? Before I met Eric, I just knew that I was going to be in the mission field. The Lord had challenged me through, through his word and through another book called um, Through Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot, which tells the story that many of you old ones will know five young American missionaries who went to Ecuador into the jungles there and gave their lives for Christ, trying to reach the Alka Indians. That really spoke to my heart. And so many were challenged through that yeah. particular yeah. book. And Jim Elliot, who made that wonderful statement, he yeah. is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm -hmm. So you didn't feel you were sacrificing anything in following, not following, but going with Eric to the field? No, absolutely not. I knew that God had spoken to my heart and to not respond would be to disobey. Didn't want to do that, because if you disobey the Lord, you're miserable. Okay, so here you are as a young romantic couple heading out to Ecuador to the, to the mission field. Um, and I suppose like most young people who are thinking of mission, maybe a little bit naive about what that will involve, were there any disappointments, Anne, along the way? I wouldn't say there's any disappointments. There was lots and lots of challenges, and it was very difficult at times. We had a small baby who was three months old that we were taking off to this wild country, my family said, and he would never survive. He <clears throat> was very small, but we knew we had to go, and there was nothing at all that would hold us back. And, and what sustained you, Anne, during that time? What, what was it that kept you going even in the face of maybe difficulties and hardships? Really, I've always had total confidence in God's power to keep, his power to save, and I knew that he could keep me. I knew I could trust myself to him. I was already on the journey, and I'd seen him undertake for me in lots of ways, and so I just knew we could go, and everything would be okay. He'd take care of us, and he did that through many ups and downs. Okay. Uh, hand over to Eric again then. And Eric, just, just tell us briefly what kind of work you were actually... Presumably, this wasn't... A, you know, a, a nuclear hydropower plant. Um, what, what did you actually do? What was your job there? And what, for people who don't know, what was the work of HCJB? Well, HCJB was an international shortwave radio station, uh, then broadcasting something like 70 languages and almost all over the world. And they had this hydroelectric plant uh, generating power to run the transmitters down in PIFA. We lived in Papayakta, and this place was absolutely in the back of nowhere. Uh, it was a five-hour trip even to get to, to see a doctor or anything. But uh, I worked in the, the hydroelectric plant, and then after about two to three years, they moved us down to PIFO, and then I started to work on transmitters and antennas and all the rest of it. And uh, sadly, all of that was taken down, dismantled because of uh, government problems. And thank the Lord that those antennas and transmitters are now operating in the northeast, sorry, the northwest part of Australia in Kunanura, broadcasting into China and into India. So uh, it was just fantastic. And I got to know something about the transmitters. You had to learn them. You just were thrown at the deep end. Okay. And your job was sort of in the background, in a sense, in that you weren't on the direct line, did you ever feel unfulfilled in that, in that you were providing a service that enabled the work to go forward? Did you ever feel you would have liked to have been more on the front line? Uh, well, again, as Anne said, it was quite difficult because uh, 
when I got to, to Ecuador, I found a, a lot of the, excuse the expression, but a lot of the American missionaries knew everything about everything, and I seemed to know very little about nothing. So, uh, but I started to teach at the university in, in Quito, in, in Ecuador, and uh, I taught um, electromagnetic, electromagnetic field theory, which is a fairly technical thing. They didn't have anybody to teach it then. And that helped boost some uh, self-confidence, not only in the language, but also in the work I was doing. And that really helped fantastically. Uh, and then I started to realize that instead of just one worrying about American folks, you just tell them, don't talk about what you can do, show me what you can do. And that's been my theory and motto ever since. So uh, we built a lot of confidence. But I tell you, there were some real trials and burdens that we had. And it was a very international team that you were working with then. Yeah, I remember singing uh, at our 50th anniversary, uh, God, uh, Great as Thy Faithfulness, and uh, they sang in something like 27 languages uh, in our assembly hall. And it was just, yeah, so it was 27 at least uh, nationalities. God is faithful in every language. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Ad, would you just um, take the mic there? And you, you haven't really retired. You're still involved very much in missionary work. And one of your roles is mentoring younger missionaries. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you give to, with your years of experience, to a young couple heading out to the mission field? What, what, what advice would you give to them, or what advice do you give to them? Mm -hmm. If you know for sure that God is calling you, and you've read Scripture, and he's confirmed that to you through Scripture, you've had a chat perhaps to your pastor and some older people that are mature believers who know you very well and can look at you and say, they're going to make great missionaries, then that's something I would look for very much. And I'm sure, too, you've seen uh, a number of people maybe coming off the field broken, mm. discouraged, uh, finding it very difficult. What, what would you say to those folks? The fact that they took up the call and were prepared to go and risk everything, which they did, then I commend them. They need help and they need support and they need encouragement when they come home and somebody to come alongside them, just be with them. And that is the most, I think, important thing that you can do, be a, an encourager and be, I suppose in one sense, a blessing, but the blessing that we receive is greater than the blessing we give because God blesses all of us. Could I pass the, uh, uh, make a comment on that, Pastor? I think one of the, the fundamental things, you, you must have not only financial support, but it's vital to have a prayer team uh, around you. And I think it's vital also to be involved in a local church, uh, whether it's assembly church or whatever it is. And uh, when we were sometimes really down and out, uh, that we knew the church was behind us. And uh, Beth, Bethany Baptist are behind us here in Bangor for over 40 years. And we thank the Lord for that. And there's something solid. You're accountable to your home church, not only to your mission. And I think that's one of the most uh, fundamental things that any young missionary should be stepping out with today. Okay, I'm going to ask you a very personal question now. So you've had this lifetime of service behind you. You had the potential of earning an awful lot of money and having a very comfortable retirement, any regrets about the path that you chose? None. Blessings. Blessings all the way. Mm -hmm. Eric. 
Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, I would do things differently. A lot wiser, smarter, I think, but uh, do them more efficiently and effectively. But I uh, went out and, and worked in a hydroelectric plant, and uh, here at the minute, um, Pastor, we have a, a, a challenge in Cameroon, in uh, Babingo Baptist Hospital, northeast part of um, Cameroon, and uh, they have a 300-bed hospital, and there's about a third of the patients in that are, are suffering with cancer. And um, they have chemotherapy, but they've no radiotherapy. And I am actually leading a team. That's got back to nuclear physics. It all comes back. The Lord's brought us around to this. And man, I never thought this would ever happen. But today, thank the Lord, I can use some of the abilities and studies that I had years ago. And uh, we were, uh, have a donation from the North Wales Medical Center. Uh, to send out a, what they call a linear accelerator, which gives radiation treatment for cancer, tumors, and things. I'm sure you all know about it. And uh, I am trying to lead the team of oncologists in that to get this equipment from Wales uh, out to Cameroon, building the, the buildings, the bunkers, and civil engineers involved in it. So, and I'm just loving it. No major hassles as far as management is concerned. And I think it's absolute. So I'm excited about this project, and I absolutely love it. I would encourage anyone to get involved. <laughs> Thanks very much. What a wonderful couple. Uh, still an inspiration to me after all these years. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.